Real values. Real people. Real community radio. Well, we're delighted that uh, joining us on the programme right now is uh, Graham Hill. Graham is joint owner uh, of the Bournemouth Christian School. Uh, and uh, those schools are, are not in session uh, at the moment, Graham. I, I know it's still a busy time, uh, particularly in terms of results. So has it been a bit manic for you at the moment? It is. Uh, good morning, Hope FM listeners. Uh, good morning, Blair, and good morning, Ian. Yes, uh, it, it's nice to have a, a holiday, um, but as you as we draw closer to uh Getting back to school, it is uh, all the preparation is getting ready, and uh, and uh, we we're just getting everything uh, set up for the new school term starting in September. Did your guys, uh, some of them, do A levels and have their results recently? You know what, Blair? That that's quite interesting. We actually don't write any um, exam based uh, exams, so we don't write A levels or GCSEs. Um, we our school is uh, quite flipped learn, so we do a lot of the stuff in a digital format. And the beauty of what we believe we're doing is that we um, write an American high school diploma as our exit qualification, Blair, which is recognized by all the universities and colleges in the UK. And the beauty of that program, it's a digital um, qualification, but also there's no formal final exams. So we're trying to educate our students slightly different to what the normal education, what, what education has been over the last hundred, hundred odd years. That's really interesting because, I mean, obviously exams can be hugely stressful for, for many, many young people, can't it? Because they, whereas what you're talking about is continual assessment, isn't it? That's exactly it. So we found a fantastic program and a fantastic qualification that we can actually use here in the UK. And we have been using it for a number of years, Blair. So, yes, we're trying to reduce the stress factor because there's a tremendous amount of stress um, on, on students to achieve exams and, and it's not the only way of assessing um, students progress it's, it's one way but but not the only way so um, we use a, a number of assessment tools and, and as you say continual assessment is one of those uh, one of those tools Graham it's really interesting to hear your take on that and obviously you operate within a system in the UK that's that's quite different there's been a lot of publicity actually in the press recently about uh, changes in exams and the effects that that might have on standards we're not experts but could you explain what's happened with that you know it, I'm, I'm not an expert as well because you become an expert in your field we focus primarily on the, on the digital side of, of, of uh, education and the, the, the continual assessment. Um, I, I think uh, education is changing, Ian. You're 100% right. I think if we look at uh, the university sector, you know, a lot of the courses are now online. A lot of the courses are taken uh, virtually. Um, I know our conversations with some of the larger education providers here in the UK, like Pearson, um, they are definitely moving towards more of a digital platform. In the next five to ten years, we're going to see digital education becoming the norm. So within the education sector, there is a, there is a large change um, taking place and a change taking place already. We've got you know, schools using iPads or you know, um, some sort of digital interaction with the students. But um, our understanding working with some of the big providers here in the UK is that they're already uh, creating and preparing um, qualifications that will be or, and, and curriculum that will be uh, presented in a digital format. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Graham, in this country, we have Ofsted, and uh, that's 
both good and bad, isn't it? Because in one sense, those changes that that are wrought in education and the standards that are that are sought are monitored by Ofsted. The downside of that is it can put undue pressure on people like yourself in the in teaching profession. But of course, on the other side of the coin, it's about raising standards of education. What, what's your own view about the current way that we we assess change and and and, and facilitate you know the monitoring of of good practice? That's a great question, um, um, Lair. I think, you know, we come from a third world country, myself and Cheryl, as you can hear by the accent coming from South Africa, where there's very little inspection that, that takes place in the school. So I've seen that model of very little um, um, assessment, you know, from the government organisations. Then, of course, we come to the UK and we've had the Ofsted inspection. Um, uh, my, my take on the Ofsted inspection is that it, it's a fantastic tool. I think the the, the, the assessment and the quality control that Ofsted are, are looking to, to um, find within a school, the, the process are fantastic. You're safeguarding your health and safety, your, you know, your teacher's qualifications, um, you know, the curriculum you, you're providing. Uh, I think the tool is fantastic. I think the struggle that most schools have, in my experience in the UK, is the, the, the manner in which the inspection is actually run within the school environment. It's run with a very heavy hand rather than than, um, you know, rather than a, a journey that they're looking to take you on and, and, and you know, assess you, um, well, I don't even, it's not even the word assessment, is it? It's the word inspection. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it, comes, it, it seems to be taken with a very heavy hand, and, and our experience has been the good and the bad. You know, we've had inspectors that have come in with a very, very iron-fisted approach where you sort of feel that, that, you know, they're here to actually close you down. And then our last inspection, which we got good, we had a wonderful inspector that, that was very firm, but, but, but very, you know, very realistic about where the school was and, and how we were pro- progressing. There's something very unfair about that, isn't there? Because, I mean, if it comes down to the, to the inspectors, you know, it, 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 it does seem to me to be uh, hugely unfair that it's almost like you know, the performance on the day and who you get. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think also, you know, do any of us um, succeed when we're in an environment where, where it's fear-driven, you know? You, you look at, at, at the Ofsted inspection and speak to most, most educators, you know, it's a day of dread and fear and, 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 you know, trying to get everything right just for the day in some ways, even though you've got a lot of those policies in place through the year. So none of us, are, you know, actually achieve when we're, when we're put under, when we're, when we're working from a, a base of fear. Um, we, interesting, we're in, in the process of getting um, uh, assessed from an American organization called Advanced Ed, so that we will be an international digital provider because we will discuss that a bit more about our schools around the world, but we provide education to, to children all over the world virtually um, through our digital program. But they don't call it inspection. In fact, they loathe the word inspection. They call it assessment. And they don't. their rubric is basically a, a score of 1 to 10. There, there is no score of 0 because their, their understanding is we're always in assessment, we're always improving, we're always developing. So they can't fail you. You'll always get a score of one, and then your assessment is continued to, to, be, to be improved. So the, the, the assessment and the word inspection is, is very different um, in education around the world, and, and um, we're quite enjoying the journey that we're going with Advanced Ed because the, the support is there. It's not judgmental. It's, right, where are you? If you're a, if you're a two well, then how do we get you to a four, you know? Um, yeah. Again, yep, the, 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 the methodologies are very different from our experience.
experience around the world. Graham, you've been describing a sort of process within your school in terms of like a continuous assessment with less emphasis on the sort of final exam situation. Um, that used to be the model that we were running with, uh, in, at least in part, uh, with things like GCSEs. Uh, but it's interesting that actually the education people now um, have, have reversed that and have put more emphasis on the exams rather than the continuous assessment. Uh, why do you think they did that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, my own uh, my own opinion would be, um, you know, it's it's people in ivory towers. Uh, one thing we've experienced here in the UK is is they continually, as different um, um, governments come into power, they're always tinkering with with education. You know, um, um, and our, our experience has been that they, they they're moving the goalposts. You know, as you said, you're right. It's moved to a linear qualification. I wouldn't know what's going on at the higher level and why they've done that. Um, again, when you speak to teachers in education, and we, and we do speak to, to teachers around the world, and, and specifically in the UK, um, all of them are wanting to go back to a continual assessment model. You know, they do not like this, this uh, linear model of having to write this final exam. Um, so, yeah, we, for us personally, we, you know, we've gone, we've gone the, the continual assessment method purely because, you know, how do you assess um, child's school attendance, really? You know, we, we're looking at, at, at where we work with a local authority with some students that are really struggling in, in, within education sector here in Bournemouth that have either been excluded, um, are not coping with the, with the large classrooms, the pressure and the bullying at schools, and we end up picking, them, picking those children up as a, as a Christian school. And we find the continual assessment um, a, a fantastic um, model to use in terms of, of motivating children, um, inspiring children. I think the reason, the, 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 the one thing that's really important is, is what is the purpose of education? You know, children will learn if there's a purpose to it. Um, so the first thing we do when students come into our school is they, they'll say words like, we don't like school. And I'll say, I don't like school either. <laughs> I went to school. I understand what school is. We're, we're trying to educate you, but we're trying to change the labels, trying to change the landscape, trying to change the purpose of education, you know, what are, what are the children's talents? What are the children's talents? You know, um, mm -hmm. you've got to start there. Ian. You know, we, we always say to parents, we do this. We don't have a curriculum and then take a child and marry the child to the curriculum. We have a child made in the image of God, created with a purpose, really important, created with a purpose for life, and we then take the curriculum and marry the curriculum to the child's gifting. So it's really important that we get to know the child, get to know their likes, dislikes, their abilities. Do they like exams? Do they like engineering? And then we, we, then we customize the curriculum according to the child's needs. I must um, confess, Greg. And then we work, you know, we work towards a qualification from there. I must confess, Graham, I wish I was younger and was in your school. I was thinking the same thing, I, actually. I, I, I always did better at doing continuous assessment. Facing exams was a thing that I never, ever liked, and I had to put up with all my life, including at university. <laughs> and he's still doing it. You're right, Jim. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was thinking exactly the same thing as Ian, because really there's nothing worse, actually, than the child feeling that they're a failure. And, and it was interesting that you say that, that you, nobody gets a zero, because uh, it is so important that, that, you know, that people are going to progress in learning if they're enjoying it and see the point of it, you know, ra rather than just um, maybe uh, having to, to 
have a moment of extreme pressure yeah. uh, and then you rise or fall in that moment, don't you? But again, you're right, Blair, because you've just used the word that, that's used around the world within education. You either pass your GCSE exams or you fail your GCSE exams. We don't use the word failure. What is failure? Um, you, might, you might not be achieving within a, a mathematical sector, but we have children that play football for AFC Bournemouth. Um, they're more than likely going to make more money than, than any of the, <laughs> the engineers that we have in our school. But that's their gifting, that's their ability. They might not be mathematical, um, so they might not be mathematical, but they're... Cheryl's just reminding me of the term. What was it? Yeah, Cheryl calls it different intelligences, Blair. There's different intelligence. There's academic intelligence, then there's uh, social intelligence, uh, salesmen, people that can communicate. There's uh, sporting intelligence. So we really focus on your intelligence, and then we, we work the curriculum according to your intelligence. So it's really important to, to get to know the children and then inspire them with, with the intelligence. We have an education system that, 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 uh, that measures one intelligence, academic intelligence. Um, so again, you know, we, have a, we, have a, we, we place a lot of emphasis upon the, the fact that you're an individual made in the image of God. Um, you are different. We have a number of academic um, ability students within one class. One, one student's going to be a paleontologist, and one student's going to be a, a football star. But because of the individualized nature of our program, both boys are 15. One is two years ahead of themselves, going to go to A-levels a year early, if that's the, the route they choose, um, or stay with our qualification. One is, is at his academic uh, age, and he's going to be a professional football player. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, we praise the, the academic students and say, wonderful, fantastic, you're getting straight A's. And we praise the other students that's maybe just getting through academically, but we know exactly what your focus is. And we, we praise your, your intelligence um, within the sporting arena. So we, we strip that right down of trying to shoehorn every student into one intelligence um, model. Our community, your radio station. This is Hope FM. If you've just joined us, we're talking education today. We've got Graham Hill from the Bournemouth Christian School talking to us about their amazing uh, educational system, which is about uh, ongoing assessment. Graham, when you talk about ongoing assessment, you think about employers. Do employers think any less of of people who come out with the qualifications that they get through a an assessment system rather than the bog standard O levels, A levels, the, the you know that that we hear about. Well, we hear more often than we do of continual assessment. Well, a great question, Blair. I think I think we have to realise again the the employment sector is changing rapidly as well. You know, over the last twenty years, Blair. You know, when I was growing up, my, you know, my my parents had a job for life. You know, they went and worked for one of the big corporations, um, and they, they they had their job at whatever they started twenty, and they they finished at sixty and, and retired. You know. But the, I think, you, you know, we've got to realize that the, that the work sector is, is rapidly changing. You know, the millennials these days, they change jobs, you know, every second year. They're looking for new opportunities, traveling the world. Um, so I think when I've looked at the education sector, because it's a big part of what we do, because we, we continually assess children and we put a lot of uh, work experience within our high school environment, a lot of our students, well, all of our students are required to do some sort of work experience. Um, one thing then, the the employers are looking at in, in our experience is that they're looking for students that are able to critically think, Blair. Students that are able to think on their feet because technology is moving so rapidly. What was 
what was used this year in technology is, is not the, what's going to be available next year. So they're looking for, for, for children, not that can just write an exam, but children that can think, you know, they can, um, they can problem solve because, you know, our world is full of problems. And as I said, our technology is advancing so rapidly. So our experience is when you do a, a continual assessment methodology, students are, are, are being taught how to critically think. They're being assessed on projects, work-based experience. They're being assessed academically. Um, it's not that we don't have any assessment. We do have quizzes and tests and lessons, so they're being, they're being assessed within the continual um, assessment method. But they're not only being assessed in one method, in, in an exam method. They're being assessed, assessed on their punctuality. They're being assessed on their attitude. You know, how do you, as a school, inspect students' attitude? How, how do you inspect the, the, the students setting goals for the day? All of our students from our, from our students that are seven years old, they actually set their goals for the day academically. That's not set by a teacher. That's set by the student. So the student is learning skills such as goal setting. Um, what do I need to achieve in that day to con- complete my academic load? So, so we've, our experience has found, and, and as I said, we use an American high school diploma as our exit qualification. It's a modular qualification accepted by all the colleges and universities. Um, and we've had no problem with our students going into further education, such as A-levels, um, and students then going on to, to, uh, to work. We've had no students rejected or, or questioned because I think they're able to critically think, they're able to articulate um, their qualification, they're able to articulate what they enjoy doing and why they've done this qualification because it's something that they've had embedded in their in their lifestyle. It's not a... Um, I don't know what I want to do. It's something that's really been embedded over the over the four years of, of uh, the final education that they do at school. But I think employers are looking for 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 different students. Blair, I think the world is changing and it's going to change. You know, we're talking about artificial intelligence, robotics. You know, what is our world going to look like in ten years? And we need to prepare our students for the, for the future to be able to, you know, to be able to work within an environment that's going to be different to what it looks like today. Now, Graeme, yours is a, is a Christian school. It has that, that uh, Bournemouth Christian School, of course, is what it's called. But what does that actually mean in reality? Another great question. Leah, I think uh, first and foremost, um, you know, myself and my wife uh, are Christians. Um, so we are looking to bring our children up to come to our school um, in the ways of the Lord. You know, I think it's really important within a secular school environment and with a, a Christian school environment in a secular school environment, would teach that you you evolved, and they would teach evolution as a as, as the primary um, as the primary education method in terms of, of how they look into structure their education. So they would say you've evolved, and 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 we're in a continual evolution cycle. Um, so that changes the way you, you you view people and the way you view education. We view education in the sense that God is the original creator, and that God created you with a very specific purpose here on the earth. So we're not a religious school. I think that's, that's a, a real importance because, you know, the kingdom of God is about a kingdom, Blair. It's not about a religious order. So we're not teaching our children to be monks or, or, um, or overly, overtly religious. We're teaching our children to be godly children that understand how God's kingdom works, but also the fact that they are made in God's image and that they are an individual and that the Bible, of course, is, is God's standard. He's the creator. He then created a manual, 
um, that, goes, that goes with his creation of how we should operate within his kingdom, and that's called the Bible. So then we teach our children why is it important not to steal. Um, we all know that that's a social, um, socially good, but, but why do we not steal within the context of, of the biblical worldview? So, yes, uh, I think very important to say we're not a religious school. We're a, we're, a, we're a Christian school, but very much about what a kingdom is rather than what a religious um, system is. That answers the question. It does. Gra- Graham, o- over the years, there's been some resistance to uh, faith schools saying that they can be uh, very divisive when we're trying to uh, break down barriers within our culture. Um, how, do you, how do you see that? A great question, Ian. Um, we, uh, listen, I think if, you, if, you, if you're very religious and, and um, stuck within a, a very religious format, which is very dogmatic in terms of your presentation, and the way you educate children, I, I, my own personal experience as a Christian, it can be quite stifling and, um, um, uh, what's the right words to use here, and it can be quite stifling, it can be quite limiting, it can be quite socially, you know, awkward. Um, you know, we start off from the premise that, that you know, God has a kingdom, um, and, and what are the laws of the kingdom? And they're not really religious laws, um, they're, they're kingdom laws, you know, um, obeying a king, respecting a king so people when they realize that that you're not trying to jam religion or, or, or force a religious um system onto them you, you're you're really talking about a, a king and a kingdom um they they're far more open and the government a question that you ask you in terms of the government there's been a lot of pressure on faith-based schools i mean we know in the last five years we've had about five faith-based schools here in the uk closed down and a lot of that has been pressure from Ofsted and pressure from the government. They just cannot, you know, take the pressure of, 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 of you know, being challenged and, and uh, as a faith-based school. We've, we've, we've had a couple of very serious inspections where we really felt that we were looking to be closed down, especially after the incidents that happened at some of the faith-based schools in Birmingham a, a number of years ago. Um, but again, I think when the inspector comes in and sees the interaction we have, number one, I think as Christians we have to be, as wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves, the Bible would say. So, you know, our parents that come into our school are not necessarily Christian parents or Christian um, children. But I think it's the way you present the gospel, um, the way you present Christ, the, the, the manner in which you present that, the, the, the environment and the culture that you create within your school are really important. Um, so we've created a, a very biblical, wholesome, strong Christian environment, but 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 in a in a delivery method that's 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 reaching reaching our, our, our society here in Bournemouth. You know, as I said, we we're having quite a few um, unchurched parents bringing their children and and seeing what God is doing in their lives is. is I'll be honest with you, and it's absolutely mind blowing that, that what God is actually doing. We, we're actually having a revival in the lives of children that are being excluded from schools, um, who are funded by the local authority, who are then coming to our school, and literally within six months. Parents are not recognizing their children's behavior, their academic ability, their social confidence. And again, is that is that the academic method? Partly, but it's definitely the Christian method. It's definitely the fact that the Word of God is central to what we do. And, and that wholesome biblical environment is having a major impact upon our Christian and well, our students altogether within the school, Ian. Great. Man, it's great to hear you saying that, Graham, particularly for the local authority to make placements because they wouldn't be doing that if, if the school wasn't effective in the service that they are 
they're delivering. I'm also interested to hear the people who are not would necessarily call themselves Christians also place their children with you. Why do you think that is? Do you think it is because that they they recognize that unique spiritual impact that you've just talked about? Um, you know what, Blair? Generally not. You know, a lot of um, students, you know what it's like when things are going well, no one really tinkers with anything, but when things don't go well, then suddenly you, you start to review why the process is not going well. So often the students coming to our school, a lot of it is, is, is bullying. So students are struggling because of the bullying environment within within the uh, within education generally in, in the UK. Um, and they've heard about us or they've Googled us or the local authority has recommended our school. Um, and um, that's how they would generally find us in, in the beginning. Um, it's not... Some parents would find us because they're particularly Christian parents looking for a Christian environment. But um, our, our unchurched parents would definitely be finding us through word of mouth or Googling us or, or, or even the local authority are, are being a fantastic uh, spokesman for us. Um, but again, once they, once they do find us and come and have a look at the school, you know, we're very open in terms of the way we, we educate our children. and um, We're very open with the children and, and the parents at the in, initial interview. And we're very open that we're a Christian school. I think that's... But again, the, the way we the way we the way we peddle Christianity, if that's the right word to use there, the way we share it is really important, and the context in which we're using the, the Word of God as the basis, um, and then what we can do academically for the children. You know, um, we would share the, the spiritual side of, of, of where we where we're going to influence the kids, but also the academic side and the methodology we use, the individualized side of things. There, you know, we don't have a teacher on blackboards. I think that's really important. And so, so when parents see the culture and the environment and the interaction and the and, and, and what is ha- taking place, you know, they 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 pretty open to to the spiritual side. I'll, I've never had a parent yet say that they don't want to put their children in because we're a Christian school. If anything, they they're actually wanting that environment for their students because of what's going on within the the, the government sector, the amount of bullying and, and stuff going on. They they want a, an environment where there is, you know, biblical laws taking place, if I can use that word. Uh, Graham, you talked about a pattern of your school, apart from it being a Christian school, a, a, a different way of learning, and you talked about changes in education. Um, do you think that going forward that we're going to see some of those changes even across the whole uh, state system, simply because um, we, we're into a new world, as you've described earlier? So do you think people will pick up this sort of um, uh, development? Absolutely, Ian. Um, you know, we work, we work quite internationally in terms of what we do. So we're using a digital online program. We don't have teachers teaching on blackboards. Every child is working <clears throat> at their own workstation, at their own pace, their own ability on our digital curriculum. So you math, English, history, geography, etc., with a qualified teacher within the classroom setting. So just that methodology is different to what we've, we do at all in the UK. I think we're the only full digital school here in the UK where students are working at their own pace, their own ability, their own speed. The beauty of that, Ian, is that um, if a child has a problem within a classroom setting, you've got to put your hand up in front of you know, all your, your peers and say, I don't understand five times five, and then a couple of kids laugh at you. In this environment, if a child is stuck, they put a little flag up, and a stu- uh, the teacher goes and helps the student on an individual basis. So that model already is quite different. But when you talk about education worldwide and, and what's happening in education, absolutely the UK is going to be changing. I mean, we are, we are miles and miles behind the curve at the moment. I mean, America is a trendsetter in terms of digital. And, um, 
when you talk about free schools in, in the UK, and I think you've heard of the term free school oh, in yeah. England. The term free school is actually not an English um, 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 creation. It's actually an American creation. They call them charter schools. So charter schools um, have been running in America for many, many years. It's a, it's a school that a parent or a, a community can, can set up um, funded by the government. So we're already taking American models and bringing them in. Um, the digital sector in America is massive. It's a multi-billion dollar organization, and we've already consulted with Pearsons here in the U.K., who just bought out um, an American company for $440 million, a full digital company, um, and they are already trialing A-level qualifications within the digital sector, and they're hoping to roll them. While well, they're rolling the trial out, it's already rolled out in a couple of subjects at, at the last um, A-level exams. So the landscape is going to change radically. That England's very resistant to, to digital. Um, you know, talking to anyone within the education sector, they don't understand it. Um, talking to, to government teachers, also, oh, digital, oh, lovely, oh, let's, let's, what a lovely day we have. You know, they, we don't, we don't, we don't. The UK and, and my parents are English, and I grew up here. Ian, we don't take change easy in England. We find change very difficult to accept, um, and and we are way behind what's happening educationally um, around the world, especially within the digital sector. But it, but it is going to happen. I mean, it absolutely is going to happen. Next ten years, you will see a revolution taking place in education because it is happening behind the scenes. People just aren't aware of it. Well, Graham, thanks so much for joining us on the programme this morning. But before you go, if people are, are interested in placing their child at the school or finding out more information, how can they best do that? Um, the best way to, to find us is on our website, which, of course, is bournemouthchristianschool.co.uk. So if you just Google us, you should find our, our website, bournemouthchristianschool.co.uk. If you find us, you're then welcome to, to phone in. Our phone number, if anyone does want to take that down, and maybe you can share it at the end of your program, is 01202 is our phone number. And myself and Cheryl would love to meet, meet with you and um, show you around the school. Graham, thank you once again for joining with us, and, uh, and we hope and pray that your school goes from strength to strength. God bless you, uh, Blair and Ian, and uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for having us on Hope FM. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.